Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of the You, Me and ADHD podcast. My name is Callum McCurdy, and today uh, I've just had a great conversation with Darren Bull, who is the chairperson of ADHD New Zealand. Um, We talk about his experience as a parent uh, of a young child with ADHD, and uh, we talk about uh, funding models, um, support systems, advocacy, uh, diagnosis, the New Zealand system, of ADHD awareness and support and um, his ideas and views are looking um, around uh, the world on how we could change this within uh, our beautiful little country of New Zealand. The ability to add energy to a workforce, well good, because they're all offices of boring, corporate. Welcome everyone to this episode of You, Me and ADHD. We are an unashamedly positive uh, spin on what ADHD can be and is and should be, to be perfectly honest. And we've got a um, really cool guest on the show today. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Actually, to be honest, I'm a bit intimidated uh, because this guy has a big brain. Um, Doesn't mean to say he has a big head, but he's got a very big brain. And uh, so it's going to be good fun. we should check him out on uh, LinkedIn, and uh, there's a, a wee, uh, I'll, I'll sort this out too, Darren. Um, on Darren's LinkedIn profile, uh, there's a beautiful little uh, paragraph there, which if I remember throughout this episode, I'll read a bit out to, and I wouldn't mind Darren talking to that. Um, but without any further ado, I'd like to welcome to the podcast, uh, Mr. Darren Bull. Darren, welcome. Good morning. Good morning, and thank you, Can't Really appreciate the opportunity. No worries. We talk about this all day, so we will have to stop. Yeah, yeah, we will. So we're recording in the weekend as well, and we've got um, both got young families and, and need to get on and um, carry on life with them. Um, but the, in the brief chat we've had uh, before we opened up, uh, we were talking about uh, just how we could talk about ADHD and. Um, the goodness and the positive positives, but also the struggles that people have. Uh, and you are the chair of ADHD New Zealand, and uh, you've described that as your labour of love. Uh, while it's not your paying gig, it's possibly the thing you were put on the you were put on the planet for. I don't know. Do you want to have a, a we chat about your your journey with ADHD and tell us um, um, your background? Yes. Thank you. Um, so our journey uh, started with my son. Um, who got diagnosed with autism and ADHD at the age of five. Um, we were in crisis. The school experience, especially primary school, was not that good. Mm-hmm. So um, I remember a couple of things. When Matt got diagnosed, it's like, okay, excellent. What does that mean? Yeah. What next? Mm-hmm. And, and, and in New Zealand, there was nothing. Um, so then I reached out to what was then known as ADHD Association and it got involved. How long ago was that, Darren? Um, it's been over a decade. Okay. 2009, 2010. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've really got to know people from the ADHD community, get to know their strengths. And um, and then the ADHD Association made the decision to stop really being a support group, which is what we were, and step into it and try to change ADHD um, in New Zealand for the positive. Um, I personally have one goal, and that is that um, if you need support and help, you can get it when you need it, Mm -hmm. um, from diagnosis to ongoing support, as opposed to, there's DHBs in New Zealand that have 
a wait list of over a year. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's uh, that's my sole goal. Uh huh. Nice. How are you going about that? Um, well, the first thing is um, is to get the stats to actually understand what the wait list is. Yeah. And some DHBs are really good with their stats. Others are poor. Um, and so we're not going. Uh, we're not doing that well. Yeah, but we won't give up. Um, and we'll keep pushing and working it through. Do you think um, think we're not doing that well overall because um, it's not seen as an issue or it's a sideline or there's a lack of um, awareness, understanding, there are bigger issues, bigger priorities in the scheme of things? Or what, why do you think that is? Yeah, look, um, you know, Mike King talked about the money that's associated with mental health mm -hmm. and no one can find it. Yeah. Um, and it's similar with autism and ADHD. The government has increased the budget consistently for five years, but it can't be found. This is uh, not just in health, but also in education. Yeah, sure. And so we need a way to approach diagnosis in particular different, and psychologists and psychiatrists are good, don't get me wrong, they're awesome, but that's just not enough. No. Um, and, uh, and the alternative alternative solutions need to be considered in other mm. countries GPs can step in mm -hmm. in Canada for example um, not every person with ADHD needs to see a psychologist or psychiatrist no. we need to think about how we get that diagnosis quicker yep. and then we can start working on solutions mm -hmm. so we need to think differently but if you asked me three years ago I'd be like the government needs to increase funding um, for psychologists get more of, more of those characters in yep. um, and that's just not going to happen no. Do you think um, that things need to get worse in order for something to happen to, to get better, or is there a there is a different is there a, a different angle we can take or a different perspective? Yeah, I think what needs to happen in New Zealand is to embrace ADHD positively. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you'll start to realise it's not a mental illness, which it is considered a mental illness if you're an adult. Hmm. Um, it's considered a disorder if you're a child. Um, all it is is just people who think differently, and then we start to think as a country, how can we get the best out of that person? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's 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 mostly the mission of this podcast, and. Yeah. Certainly, the work uh, I'm doing, and if there's ever an opportunity for us to to work together in that positive space, like I'd just jump at that because that's what we've got to do. Uh, there's a there's there are struggles and difficulties, and you mentioned the word um, crisis, and I know there's sort of the um, the the co-occurring um, uh, you know conditions where sometimes that there's a there's a masking or a, a um, ambiguity as to where the behavior or the symptoms or traits are coming from is it autism is it adhd is it dyslexia and 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 we we don't know or what we can attribute uh, those things to and so i think what we tend to do is we focus on the the specific symptoms um but not what's underlying and as a result of that because often those uh, often those symptoms are deemed negative, or there's a there's a stress factor, or there's a um, a discomfort or a struggle there um, yeah. that helps us really reinforce the negativity around ADHD and those other neurodiverse conditions. And we've got to we've got to flip that, right? It doesn't have to be the struggle, but also we need to amplify what's good about ADHD. Yeah, 
that's exactly right. right. And change those attitudes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's, you know, I think a lot of it, not want to pick on anyone or anything. And in about 2008, from memory, mm-hmm. North and South ran a cover article which said ADHD or bad parenting. And that is the okay. attitude that, wow. has, that has been quite pervasive. Yeah. Yeah. It's only in the last three, four years it's starting to move. Yep. Right. Um, and overseas, way more advanced. Oh my goodness, way more advanced. Yeah. Who do you reckon's doing it well? Um, the, the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's incredibly well funded. Um, there's as much support as you need. Yeah. Um, and it's not about psychologists and psychiatrists. It's in the education sector. Yeah. Um, where it's a key formative moment. Is that where we need to start? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, education is key for success, right? Mm. Um, we know overseas uh, research shows us that ADHD uh, is in the education sector tend to, on average, leave school two years earlier and have a third, they're a third less successful yeah. than uh, a typical student. Mm. There's no reason for that. No. Right? There's no reason for that. It doesn't have to be the case, does it? Yeah, correct. Mm. And then the outcomes from that lower level of achievements just flow through. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. And so people with um, ADHD, whether diagnosed or undiagnosed, whatever their um, their experience of school is limits uh, their potential for later on in life. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. 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 And so this, yeah, and so the audience of this um, podcast is pretty, it's pretty broad, but we're focusing on um, professionals with ADHD and those people around them, uh, leaders with ADHD, but also leaders of people with um with ADHD and just what those those traits uh, that people are um, are struggling with but also that we could flip and I wouldn't mind talking about those soon but I'm also very conscious that I did cut you off as you were telling your story um, which links to the education as well telling the story of uh, your son how's he doing now yeah he's doing really good yeah. and uh, Matthew passed NCA1 uh, last year um, it was a big moment. My wife was just crying all day. Oh, we cool. Old at the age of seven or eight, that he would never read above the nine, a nine-year-old level. Hmm. And so what we did is, by well, this time we had the attitude as ADHD, just think differently. So it made sense that we could teach him to read differently. Yep. And we did. Mm-hmm. Um, the answers are actually out there in the big wide web, and we did. And then he went to North Coast College. Oh, and when you have a child with ADHD or autism, you do meet with the principal. We get to know them on, you know, <laughs> a regular basis. Yeah. And um, this is probably one of the most amazing moments in my life. So we meet with the principal of North Cape. He said, "She started off by saying, is we don't see ADHD as a disability." And I, I fired up. My wife was saying, "You can literally see me sit up." Yeah. And. All she said is, um, is like, it just means they think differently and they're going to need different support, and that's how we approach it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Matthew, for instance, is restless, um, and so at any time the school doesn't mind if he's restless in class, but he just needs to go for a walk. Yeah. Um, they have um, a room of tutors, especially for uh, characters like Matt, so he can walk out of maths. Okay. Go to C8, which is the room. So it's called the CA program. Mm-hmm. And he could have um, tutoring. He goes there, he could spend time with someone doing maths, just like that. 
Um, or if he's agitated, he can just go there and just just relax. Yeah, right. Um, and so the school are very accommodating, and because of that attitude, um, he got MCA. And when I say accommodating, look, you know, he still has to sit his exams. Yep. Still has to do the assignment, so he's not given any free pass. But they really respect the way it is. Yeah. 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 So, and that's about individual experience, right? So, within the framework of what needs to get done, he yeah. can go about that in a way that works a bit better for him. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and his teachers are lovely. So, you know, we had a that's cool. intermediate career checkered with being run by the school, and now we haven't been run by Northcote once. Um, so it's a really good model, and I think it's a really good approach that you can move into the employment space. It's just attitude. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and so let's get into that. How do you think uh, that translates to, or what we need to do as employers to embrace people with? Um, we we could go broadly with uh, with neurodiversity, who are new, people yeah. who are neurodiverse, or we could delve yeah. into um, ADHD. What what, yeah. what what can we do better? The first is, uh, this actually goes across diversity. Don't don't just say you're the uh, take a diversity and inclusion approach. No. Actually mean it. Yeah. What uh, what yeah. what does that mean to you then? Um, a classic example. Uh, for me, that actually means that you appreciate how somebody thinks differently and you have the ability to draw that out in everybody. That that latter bit, that second bit, is yeah. the key, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the action that's that's doing something um, with and for and about that person that's right yeah and um, kind of related I remember a company I worked with and I remember being so angry I still lose that poor old CEO <laughs> so celebrate um, diversity inclusion they had Diwali day where they had some employees from India they got dressed up had a lovely Indian meal took some photos put on LinkedIn and yeah. I was like, Done. Yeah, well, it's tick the box, isn't it? It's tick the box. Yeah. You know where these people come from and what makes them tick and how they're different and that one particular guy's the most analytical mind I've ever come across. Mm -hmm. You don't know that. And, that's, and, and it's, that's what it's about. And I think, I have to be honest, I think organizations are struggling with that. Yeah. Yeah. Neurodiversity on top. Mm hmm. Um, and they do struggle with that. Well, we that's right because I I refer to those other diversity and inclusion. Uh, God, it's a terrible way to pigeonhole, but categories um, yeah. of ethnicity and gender um, and a whole a myriad of others that we've been harping on about for decades, right. and we should have solved them by now because they're the right thing yeah. to do, and yet we haven't. Um, and I believe that's because. Um, because we still focus on that middle of the bell curve, that one size fits most, and um, and it's re and and that approach reinforces that authority for the majority, and you know as as a as a result, we're not really willing to tackle those other things, and so when we get something that at the moment is a wee bit fringe, like neurodiversity, um, people are like, well, I don't, we, we've still got these other other big ticket items to solve yes we do and they're an easy solve we should be we should have done this by now um, but also I think that the what we've what we've done is put a financial or a performance imperative on our diversity and inclusion 
uh, strategies and initiatives and as a result of that we've focused on how do we get better performance by being yes. more diverse I think the link between those is a wee bit tenuous I think the key with neurodiversity is that because it's how people experience the world come about problems and think differently about what's going on there's a if we tap into that there's an automatic performance um, benefit uh, you make that financial so there's a there's there, there is a there there is a business case for neurodiversity and tapping in so what do you think the the benefits of someone with ADHD could be to a workplace to um, to a professional life um, look, I th first of all, I think it's creativity. Mm -hmm. um, and I've certainly seen examples of that. Uh, ADHD, ADHD is think differently, so they see the world differently, yeah. so they come with better outcomes. Yeah. And more interesting outcomes. Yeah, yeah. And we're in a world where everything is vanilla, mm -hmm. um, and com competition is vanilla, so creativity makes a difference. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, and so an ADHD can really contribute to that uh, creativity. Yep. Um, but um, they can get held back. Mm. Um, the other aspect of them um, is they are, as some of their characteristics like fixated on a problem, will turn it to good. Mm -hmm. But they will solve the problem. Yeah. Um, the ability to add energy to a workforce, well, good. Yes. So there's a lot that um, ADHD is can add. Mm -hmm. When they do, when they're empowered, it's quite the moment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. And and you see that, and people light up, and they become their, you know, they come into their own. And when they feel not just seen and heard, but properly yeah. seen, like you actually see me for what I, who I am, and what I contribute. And I like how you you talked about creativity and resilience. And I think people with ADHD are incredibly resilient because we have to, um, whether whether diagnosed early, undiagnosed entirely, um, or diagnosed uh, later on in life as as I was, um, we've gone through life having to hack systems having to mask and hide um, micro failures all the time and so there's a resilience factor there that's that that's really high isn't there yeah that's exactly right i think yeah. i've found uh, i mean this is generalized that the adhds i've worked with are actually a bit more resilient and cope with change better yep mm -hmm. so that, that, you know adhds don't like things staying the same no. <laughs> so I've just got to mentally move and physically move. Uh huh. Um, and so there's a long way to go in, in sort of embracing that. But you know, isn't it interesting? Organisations actually hire people to teach creativity. Yeah. I mean, creative people are actually probably in their workforces. You know, ADHD yeah. is a five percent of our population mm -hmm. estimated. Mm -hmm. uh, as a side note, so New Zealand is one of the very few OECD countries that doesn't collect stats. Which shows where it is in the picking order, or or how much of a yeah. priority priority it isn't. Yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, recently, I put an official information act into the Ministry of Education. Mm -hmm. Find out how many um, ADHD interventions there are for children in school. So that's when a special needs has to come and help. 
Yeah. And it's in the other category. So they look oh, after... The catch-all of other. Yeah. 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 So they look after students who are blind, who are deaf, and that makes 8%. And the other category, which includes ADHDs and autistic kids, is 92%. And so I said to them, oh, come on, stats make everything. Can't yeah. you see that? Can't you just ask a couple more questions? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And the irony of um, that coming from the education sector, which is based on measurement, yeah. you know. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, um, Darren, I want to um, go down a wee bit of a, a rabbit hole with you and see where uh, this one goes. I'm just, um, before you might have noticed, I was a wee bit distracted, but I was on my phone looking you up on um, LinkedIn because. Um, a few days ago, as I was um, as I was stalking you, uh, cyber stalking you, um, the uh, I love how you've written about yourself in your link, LinkedIn profile. Let me find it. So you say, um, oh, where are we? So you're talking about. So so your background is in uh, strategy and change, and uh, you talk about uh, New Zealand because of its geography tends to lag behind the world in responding to um, global trends. Uh, but nevertheless, all trends have an impact. This is actually an advantage, and and then you talk about yourself as I'm able to assess other countries. Um, how other countries have responded to these trends and find the best ways to adapt. Now, to adapt. So that's a great way of um, of placing you in your professional expertise. If we were to perhaps replace the word strategy with ADHD, you've alluded to this a, a wee bit in um, that New Zealand is uh, is lagging behind a lot of the rest of the world. Where do you think we could make some um, big moves, gains, where could we learn from elsewhere in the world? Or essentially, here's a confusing question, what's next for ADHD in New Zealand? Yeah, good, really good question. So uh, first of all, personal opinion, it starts with diagnosis. Okay. Two aspects. Um, psychologists here um, use the DSM, which is yep. um, a, a big book of rules on how to diagnose. Mm -hmm. and that in the realm of psychology psychiatrists um, and uh, the problem with that is I mentioned there are not enough yeah. the second aspect of that is there are different ways to diagnose ADHD so in Canada for instance they have a different set of criteria which leads to the same outcome um, but it means the general practitioner can diagnose uh -huh. and I know if there's any psychologist psychiatrist listening to this they'll go ah but, you know, technically in New Zealand, a GP can diagnose depression. Right. Um, okay. And then say, here's some tools, this is what you need to do. Yep. The, and in the US, um, diagnosis is even going further. So you've got MRIs that can find um, or can see ADHD within the brain. So it's simply a brain disorder and it's in the front part of the brain and they can see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I know that uh, Canterbury University are working on a blood test. Um, and so that's the first step that has to change. Um, and the best way that can change also, UK and Europe do it online. You know, you can do it online, some questioning, mm -hmm. and they can bring it through that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's the first step. And then the second step is, okay, you've got the diagnosis, what do you do now? Mm-hmm. 
Um, so that um, if you're an adult, uh, I do think you might need a coach or a counselling just uh-huh. to uh, um, get some help. Um, look at the structure. Have the conversation about medication, and we'll talk about medication in a um, in a second. And start to evaluate how you can bring the strengths out of uh, ADHD. Yeah. So too often, and I've yeah. seen this with the specialist my son's gone to. It's like, how do you stop? Dot, 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 dot. How do you stop him being restless? How do you get him to concentrate more? Yeah. It's all, it's all about the negative speaking. Well, it's focusing on the disordered part of it, right? That's right. Yeah. There's no need to. No. There's, there's no need to. And then the final thing, and I know this is a little bit controversial, there's a real stigma around medication and ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, even with my mother, we Matthew is on Conchetta, um, even mum still says, I still don't get why you uh, use on medication. And again, everyone's experience is different, yep. but for Matt, it saved him. It's brilliant. I always say to mum, if he had a heart condition, you'd have no problem him taking a pill every day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so there is a stigma. Now, the medication that Pharmac Fund uh, here is way behind the United States and Canada. There yeah. are some new medications on the market that uh, are much better. So we're working with Pharmac Yeah. Remembering to book uh, a new appointment six mm-hmm. months out if it's public, three months out if it's private, so they can get a special authority. Yeah. And right now, you know, there's a year waiting list in some DHBs. It is full. Yeah. So how are you going to do that? How, when a person runs out, they go into crisis. Um, and then that actually becomes an issue. So if you make that easier. Mm. That's it. So you did you did their work for them, right? Yeah. yeah. And and I get that they you know they'll they'll have dozens, hundreds uh, of uh, advocacy and support groups. Um, you know, not not necessarily attacking them, but coming at them saying, hey, 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 you know, what about us? Um, but the as you talked about very early on in this conversation, Darren, the mental health impacts can be massive for someone with ADHD. Um, and they don't have to be. It's entirely unnecessary for those to occur, yeah? Um, yeah. And, and okay, so, oh, there's a couple of, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of a whole lot of angles we could, we could go on here, but I want to go down, I want to ask you um, fundamentally um, a question which might uh, get us uh, on a certain track. ADHD, is it a gift or a curse? Oh, it's a gift. Yeah. Oh, totally it's a gift. Yeah. How so? Yeah. Knowing all the answers, but go for it. Yeah, it's, you know, it's all about that creativity. It's all, all about being different in a world of being vanilla and yeah. celebrating that. Yeah, yeah. Um, with, you know, I've had people say to um, us uh, as an organisation, some of your members are so lucky they've got ADHD. I can't think like that. How do they do that? Yeah. 
Um, and you know, to which I say I really don't know. But yeah, it is a superpower, isn't it? And and this is the thing. And we don't think it's a superpower. We're trying. It's not necessarily that it's been trained uh, out of us, but because you're yeah. born this way and you experience yeah. the world this day, it's so normal. It's kind of almost our vanilla, right? Yeah. And so we don't know what to talk up because we go. Oh, yeah. Because my assumption being being diagnosed at. Um, at 42 i just thought everybody yeah. thought my way and so the things i struggle with most people struggle with they were just better at hacking those things yeah. turns out not to be the case <laughs> that's right you know and organizations try to hack you that's a good phrase back to vanilla yes and you know um i've led uh in my teams over the years a couple of people with adhd um because of my experience i'm much more relaxed mm -hmm. there's one particular character adhd is sometimes have problems turning up in time, mm -hmm. they, you know, they can be late, they can be forgetful. So what organizations do is send them on a time management course. Yeah, yeah. It's a waste of time, right? Uh-huh. Um, uh, we also overcommit, right? We try and pack yeah. too much in, yeah? And yes. so that's where we, where we, like the time management might be an issue or the delivery might be an issue. It's because we're just trying to do so much, like power through a whole lot of things, yeah. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, it's just so funny how they just try to get you back to that vanilla. Yeah. They do. Um, I remember very well, I had a head of innovation who worked for me who had ADHD. And a brilliant presentation to uh, senior leadership. It was um, thoughtful. It was out there. It was creative. It was, it was a really good piece of work. But it wasn't on the company PowerPoint template. Uh, which I certainly didn't hear. Um, and in fact, if you talk to the person I'm talking about, he'd be like, well, it's just too constrained. Yeah. And then so the presentation went really well. People bought into it. But then the CEO goes, you know, at this level, you should be on the same template in the right fonts. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. But that's how organizations don't accept the first They yeah. normalize it back. And it's little things. It's little things. I can almost guarantee like happy to be um, entirely wrong here but I can almost guarantee that that CEO was not challenged by the, the wrong font and the lack of a use of the official template and it's more about just couldn't keep up didn't get yeah so personally personally challenged and I think that's the that that's what um, that's the that's a struggle that um, ADHD is face is uh, sometimes like our ideas could be genius they could well be the perfect solution but we're not great at explaining those or or maybe we can explain them but um, not so good at doing that at a pace and at a in a sequence or a series of steps or the way that somebody else can actually uh, listen and those ideas can land um, and, and that's what trips us up. So people think, oh, that's just a crazy idea. Well, it might be, but it might also be the best idea, but nobody else can get that because when we're, we're talking a different, like at cross purposes or a different language. That's right. That's right. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, the other thing organizations make mistakes with in diversity is they think it's singular. Uh huh. They think an ADHD person, for example, um, if they know their ADHD would work along. But that's organizations are social environments, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So everything you just described is what my head of innovation was like. Right. He was brilliant, he was confusing, he could have changed the whole industry. Yeah. About, um, the 
Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Then, um, this person was really good at explaining his ideas. The other person was really good. Can I pick up on something there, though? Because I think what um, I think what you're, what I'm hearing, but what you're not saying, Darren, is the key in all that was you, and you were so a lot of a lot of my work is. Um, what I called it, helping build radically authentic workplaces. Now, one of the, there's three facets to that, and one of them is having leaders who are unafraid to lead difference, right? And I think that's what you've just described yourself as. You go, we've got this genius over here, and we need to um, we need to bolster that with some some difference that's over here. Not so we necessarily get a balance, but so we can actually tap into and amplify the greatness that the two of these people can generate for us and it's your responsibility to lead that now what most leaders do is go okay I'm like this this we're all busy this gig's tough enough I just want people who are easy to manage rather than and and that happens to be most often the people who look and think and act and behave like those people who have experiences and education and um, come from a similar line of organizations that sort of thing and so I love how you repeatedly refer to these vanilla um, workplaces yeah. and, and organizations. That's not our future. We don't need that, no, do we? No. No, you're so right. And what vanilla organizations do is when they have performance reviews, only about weakness. Oh. <laughs> and, you know, and weaknesses um, are in your DNA, right? So mm -hmm. just ignore them. You're not going to change them. Just accentuate your strengths. Yeah, yeah. And make sure that you're different. Or the strengths they do focus on are. Um, are the ones that don't necessarily matter to the person yeah. these are the strengths we need you to have so we we want to be strengths um, focused in this conversation but actually uh, you don't have those strengths and so right. you need to turn yourself a wee bit more so effectively strength base becomes um, a weakness focus that's right yeah and i think you know it's a really interesting observation and part of the uh, problem i think is uh, all of us don't entirely, and we're not entirely aware of our strengths. No. And we can end up going for jobs and getting in positions where they just don't fit. And I've made that mistake in my career. Yep. And then, because you've got mortgages and that, it can just accelerate and accentuate yes. um, all the negatives. Uh -huh. You get uptight, and it, when you're uptight, everyone's behavior traits come through. Uh -huh. and really, you should take a step back and say, look, this job's not for me. Um, talk to your boss um, and then go find another job. Yeah. Look, it's easier said than done. Yeah. Um, I've just been in a job for only eight months and it wasn't for me. And it was quite brave. I realized that. I was just, it was nothing that the company did, we just don't fit. Yeah. So you just, I just went and found it in the wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, that's easier said than done. But uh -huh. if you believe in yourself, it yeah. will work. And um, ADHD is certainly when like we've talked we've talked about it's a superpower there's there are yeah. gifts 
um, to and and uh, you know out of unworldly talents that can come with um, ADHD but the systems and environments where we we work and where we need to conform in ways that don't come naturally to us mean that we do um, feel feel trapped and it's not for us and as a result of that we don't have a um, the level of confidence that we I was going to say should but 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 could have and, and need to have and just deserve to have right and so for you to talk about it, it took some confidence to make that decision and have that conversation like that's outside of the norm that's I reckon that's rare it's I think it's because um, mortgages get too big and we're worried about that yeah we're trapped right trapped in life yeah, yeah. we've come across um, it's the most beautiful story and it's actually on our website Richie is his name uh-huh. um, so from memory he's from the UK he trained as a lawyer he has ADHD and it was diagnosed as an adult but the mm. lawyer thing didn't work came to New Zealand science teacher that's when he got diagnosed and he, he talks about his whole life just been trying to pretend yeah um, he's somebody else. Mm. We're doing time management courses, not understanding why he can't get um, to things on time, not understanding why others can practice reading a legal book for a university, and he's like, like just forcing his finger to read it. He really struggled. Yeah. And so he works in an innovation lab now, and um, and they have completely let him be ADHD. Oh. He didn't tell them, right? So he went. He has a story, and where he went to his boss uh, um, after loving him for three months. He said, "I have to tell you something. I've got ADHD." And his boss said, "Yeah, I hired you." <laughs> yeah. 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 Right, yeah. And because he, he doesn't care if he's not on time, the work he does is amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can. And he's the happiest. And um, every time he, I've heard him tell the story, he tears up at that moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like the validation that you are who you are yeah. and you are great at what you do. And also that it speaks to what um, being human is and yeah. how we're all we're all going around, going about our daily lives, yeah. thinking that people don't see the things that we struggle with or that we don't like about ourselves or that we try to hide because we think that makes us not good enough. And yet they're exactly the things that people love us for. They're exactly the things that people go, wow, that's really attractive in you. And for that for that boss to go, to go, look, you don't need a diagnosis. I know you've got ADHD. I saw that and that's what I love about you. And you spend all yeah. this, this energy and emotion and time and um, sleep time worrying about the stuff that we already know. And that's what makes you great, right? And I think ADHD is, it's, it is a massive part of people's personalities and it's a massive part of how they um, do what they do and who they are as as people and we need to amplify amplify that because it's not just about the brain it's about and I love where you, how you talked about Canterbury University and and um, doing uh, some work there on a blood test because I, I believe my ADHD is like I'm I'm skinny as I've never been able like I'm always fit and I'm relatively healthy but I've never been able to put on weight and um, I think that, yeah, yeah, well, I'm 44, and I reckon I should have had that sort of middle-aged bulge by now. Um, uh, who knows? Maybe it'll come today. But, uh, but I, I do believe that my ADHD contributes to my metabolism. 
And I think that um, while my brain consumes a whole lot of energy and it's always fizzing and I have to control that physically, I've got endless energy. And I think that um, the combination of that really, like it's, it's more ADHD, my ADHD, and it's just a belief. I've got no proof of this, but I do believe that it's physiological as well as what's going on upstairs. Yeah. And like, I talk to a lot of adults with ADHD and I ask them, they, all, they talk about just how you describe it, describe it really well. Okay. This energy. And then I say to them, what's your outlet? Yeah. And like, what are you doing, whether it's exercise, reading a book, playing games, um, what is your outlet to get rid of that energy? Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's the same with Matt. It's like, where's your outlet? He is best at school or even studying for exams. If he has an energy outlet, right? Yeah. Um, and so he sometimes we make him go for a walk because he should see the sun more often. Um, but you know we have no problems with him gaming as mm. long as it's proper gaming, like he's moving his fingers and he's moving his brain. Yeah. As opposed to what I call YouTube gaming when you're watching someone else game. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and we Mindless. Have problems um, with not having the right meds because of the stupid special authority. So we would get him up early and give him 45 minutes of gaming time. Uh-huh. Gives him the dopamine hit. And that got his energy out. Yeah. Um, and actually walking does help as well, but um, that's, that's a little bit harder for a 17-year-old teenager. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. Hey, Darren, um, to, to, to close, and this isn't a hurry up, but I do really want um, to give you the opportunity uh, to talk about um, your role in ADHD New Zealand and uh, how uh, people can get in touch with you and what um, uh, what you do, what you're all about, and also um, what's next for ADHD New Zealand. Thank you. So many people would be surprised that we've been going for 42 years. Um, and for most of that time, we were a parent support group based in Auckland, the ADHD Association. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a group of parents like Di Wallacott, who was one of our founders, who basically got together when their kids were having problems in the 70s, you can mention that. Yeah, time, yeah. Um, and to support each other. And then, then they slowly became a not-for-profit. And even um, through the 2000s, ran a... Uh, a helpline for parents in crisis two hours a week so we're tiny mm-hmm. um, and then um, so I got involved in 10 years ago and I became the chair probably oh, I've been chair for 10 years must have been involved 12 years mm-hmm. and then you look into it and I, I, I didn't this is a bad way of saying it I didn't see the point of having us as a support group mm-hmm. And there is certainly a place for that, and we need more support groups. If the under underlying reasons of having a support group aren't changing, like educational mm. isn't changing, mm-hmm. health isn't changing, there's a community in crisis. There are some real attitudes. So um, we decided to step into that um, and to see what we could do. So mm. five years ago, we ran New Zealand's first ADHD conference. Uh-huh. Um, on the smell of an Audi ramp. <laughs> I bet, as um, they always are. As they always are, full of great ideas, and it was a huge success. It was in Auckland. Then we've done a road show, and then we were touching base with our community, um, and we're really starting to hear the stories. And regardless of where you live, the stories are the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and 
though, to be fair, in the South Island, it's worse because there's very little support and help there. Mm-hmm. Um, and before COVID, I heard of a person having a specialist. She lived in Nelson, and her specialist was in Sydney because it was cheaper and easier. Yeah. Um, and so then um, about three years ago, it's like, well, it was kind of worse. We now know the problems of um, ADHD is in the communities. We know their strengths, and we know that there's a disconnect. We actually need to step in for a game. Yeah. Um, so the, what we decided is to own the name ADHD New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So we're representing all New Zealand. We're not just a support group, um, and that we will step into it and we'll own it, we'll grow into it, we'll connect to it. And we're really small. Yeah. Um, and the other aspect is we decided that that small, how small we are, we have one employee who works 20 hours a week. Right, yep. Um, actually, she probably works 30, 40 hours a week, twice as hard, but it's paid for 20. Yeah. Um, and um, then we adopted, so the key part of that, if we're going to be for New Zealand and we're small, we instead of doing a one-to-one model, we have to do one-to-many. Mm-hmm. So this is why digital is important. So we set up some social media groups, um, which are strong. Um, and there's one for parents, there's adults, um, there's one for uh, teenagers, not that successful because old people like us don't understand Facebook. <laughs> um, and, um, and we started building physical support groups and connecting that community. Mm-hmm. Um, our website uh, is key, um, which was um, actually designed as a project for uh, by Fonterra. Okay. Shout out to them. Um, and what the key to the one to many is that we are the voice digitally in New Zealand. So mm-hmm. if you Google ADHD New Zealand or ADHD in New Zealand or mm-hmm. ADHD, we should be first. Yeah. Um, and because there are so many other websites out there trying to sell stuff, do stuff. Um, so we've grown from, uh, you know, two years ago, without any push, we're getting like a thousand hits a month. And now we're up to 16, 17,000 a month. Wow. Uh, um, and uh, we're probably the biggest second tier not-for-profit. Um, and the information on there is top-notch. We've got the world specialist to write that sort of information. Yeah. Um, uh, look, I'll be honest, the design of the website is a bit average, and that's on our list to sort of get someone to help us fix it. Uh-huh. Uh, but there are tools, there are tips, there's the latest descriptions of what ADHD is and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, if you go back, when I joined, we had members of about 200 um, about three years ago that lifted to about six, 700, um, and including the Facebook groups were up to 20,000. 20,000 active members. In the last yeah. three years. Wow. Well um, done. <laughs> Man, that's yeah. phenomenal growth. But I imagine you can't keep up with that growth, right, in terms of servicing that. Oh, no. Yeah. No, it's actually quite the problem. We had to stay at the one mini. Uh, yeah. This is key. This is a really key thing. Um, ADHD is need to come together as a community mm-hmm. and define what they want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that because they're in crisis some of the time, they forget that. Community yep. is power. Mm-hmm. Um, community is how we get things done. Yeah. I mean, even the fact we've got 20,000 audible members of different descriptions means that they, for the first time the Minister of Disabilities is taking a meeting with us in four weeks. Great. That's the first time. Now the Ministry of Health 
are reaching out to us. Minister Ed actually mm-hmm. reached out to us two weeks ago and said, can you create training programs? Brilliant. Um, and even the Supreme Court reached out last year. So all of a sudden we're getting those connections coming to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The community is power. Uh-huh. Um, oh, and a plug, money is power. The more we have, the more mm-hmm. we can do. Yeah. We operate on sponsorship and membership of about 100000 a year. Right. Yeah. Okay. What What do you need? So, if there's there's um, someone magic listening, watching this, um, what what could you ask for? Um, so, uh, we are looking to create um, effectively school liaison offices. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so your school's in crisis, and here's someone who can come in and help you, not the school, to understand the rigmarole that's administered here. Uh, it sounds like it's just this the ministry here. There's lots of passionate people in there, but mm-hmm. you put them together under one department and it goes just crazy. Okay. Um, we want to, so there's some practical tools and help that we can do there. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to have also fun for what we're calling um, a community support person. We don't quite know how it looks. So sure. um, I go, I attend occasionally get adult uh, ADHD support group. In Auckland, mm-hmm. uh, it's heartbreaking actually. Mm. But they're together. They've all got the same employment stories. They've all got the same hassles. Uh-huh. Some dial in. I mean, this could be Zoom. And uh, we're talking about setting a goal of setting fifty support groups up across the country. Um, and when you set up a support group, there's some you know basics you need to set up. Um, and and you, you know you got to. Uh, do some betting and we've had occasions mm. where one one went quite skewed with but you know, set it up come together build a community yeah because there's nothing more empowering yeah to come together as a community. Ab- absolutely and i think at neurodiverse um, people feel like we're alone like we actually suffer in yeah. silence yeah. Um, and even after diagnosis right um because there's and, and maybe I think maybe this is the gift or the curse of neurodiversity as well, in that um, everyone experiences it a wee bit differently. And when, like we talked about earlier, if you've got um, coexisting comorbidity, um, just yeah, just things that you have um, in pairs or, or, or triples, uh, it means um, that 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 compounds um, a different experience. Now there's richness richness in that um and yet we think uh we're just too different or we're you know um we're so used to hiding (laughs) so so stepping into that and owning our adhd is is a massive key and i think that's what um adhd new zealand is 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 helping to do to go um um label's not great it's not a deficit it's not a disorder um in fact there's uh so many amazing traits that we could yeah. that the world could use you know That's could right. could really do with especially right now man <laughs> i think the world needs ADHDers. yeah yeah and yeah that's exactly right the, the other thing is what we've discovered by accident is a support group doesn't need to be sitting around a table or even in a bar it can be doing something yeah and we um we as a trial uh, we set up um, basketball for ADHD and autistic children on the North Shore and Auckland. Uh-huh. So this is two hours um, of basketball coaching and playing sport, right? Um, 
Kiwi Sport who funded it, saying this is not the sort of thing they fund. They only do it once, and this is the fifth year they're funding. Ah, oh, nice. Um, and it's hugely successful. And what we found is, so a whole stack of neurodiverse autistic ADHD kids get together. First thing is they don't care. No. They are celebrating their differences. Yep. If someone wants to um, do something different, no one cares, right? Um, and there's a freedom. So, you know, the first thing is, is when we did it, is what happens if we stress a child, there's a meltdown, there's violence, there's a runner. Never happened for five years. Um, it's heavily structured. Yep. And then we all sit as parents along the side watching. Um, and we gas back about what it's like. And we talk about, oh, such and such had a bad day this week. And then another parent will go, oh, yeah, that's, we had the same thing this yeah. week. Yeah. And that's the power of community. It is a community. Yeah. It's a support group. Um, but they all say they go to basketball and they don't feel uncomfortable. New Zealanders work together, uh, work together better sitting next to each other instead of opposite each other. Yeah, yeah. And you can do things. Yeah. So, um, uh, for a friend who, who's been diagnosed with ADHD and you're saying wants a support group, and I was like, mate, you love cycling. So start a cycling group yeah. for ADHDers in West Auckland. Um, and he, got, he put a little note out. And if, if anyone wants to start a support group, drop us a line, we can help. A little note nice. Out and then goes cycling with five ADHD adults. Oh, <laughs> that'll be chaos at an intersection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is a bit. It's a bit risk-taking. Um, but it's um, you, you think of it differently. But the great thing is, regardless of if it's a support yeah. basketball, soon online, you're with your community, and no one cares. Yeah, that's right. And I think what you've described, yeah, you've described yeah. the um the utopia or the ultimate in an organization or a workplace so you talked about those kids the kids don't care they just get to do their thing and be who they are and as a result of being able to um, relax go with the flow and be them they do amazing basketball Uh, and people can do amazing work if um, if the shackles of you have to fit this particular mold now you said there's a whole lot of structure which is which is perfect but i bet that structure is about amplifying the kids experience rather than restricting it down um vanillarizing as i imagine you would you would call it right and so that's what we need to do in our workplaces like how can we do that and that does not take a lot of work and in fact if anything it's get those people together to design it themselves yeah, oh, you're so yeah. right. Um, you know, little things like in basketball, what works is we just keep them moving. I mean, they're getting instructions that they run around in circles around the coach, who's one of God's gifts to humanity, an amazing coach. Yeah. Like that's his name. Um, um, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But in work, you know, you're supposed to stay still and listen if you're getting instructions. My goodness me. Come on. Yeah. Really? No one wants to do that. Yeah. Darren, this has been uh, amazing. How can we get hold of, how can people get hold of you? What are some uh, contact details? Uh, so ADHD.org.nz is a key website you should go to. We, we want to get that up to 30,000. If we get it past 20,000 hits, it's a good chance the government will then pay us to run it and update it even more. All right, let's do it. In terms of getting hold of me, um, if you go onto the website, my phone number's there. Now, just just to be clear, I'm not a specialist or a psychologist, I'm not a counsellor, but I have a whole stack of parents raising, a, uh, sorry, a whole stack of experience raising an ADHD child, mm-hmm. fighting the system, and I love talking to adults in our community just to hear their stories.
Yeah, yeah. And I think you're so well networked that if you can't help other, you know, you know who can. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Hey. Wow, um, Darren, this has been uh, um, this has been epic, really cool chat, and we could we could keep going, um, but you've got some family stuff to get on with, um, and it's our weekend. I, I really I like I, I wholeheartedly appreciate you taking the time out to chat with me today, and I reckon um, viewers and listeners are going to get a whole lot out of this. Um, that uh, I imagine you know hits are going to increase um, when we publish this one out, and I would love to have you on again and keep keep chatting as well but yeah. thank you so much for your time i really appreciate the opportunity and well done for doing an adhd podcast from new zealand yeah cool it's pretty cool yeah yeah and and i'm keen to uh to grow this and, and do some yeah. do some good with it and um with with no intention of competing with anybody like if it can work in symmetry with what adhd nz is doing um with anybody else like let like power and numbers huh that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Good stuff. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the You, Me and ADHD podcast. Um, my hope is that it's been worth your time, of some value, that it's been interesting or even enlightening, perhaps. Hey, if nothing else, I hope it's been entertaining. I really appreciate you showing up. You see, I really want to do some serious damage to the stigma and stereotype that ADHD is bad, uh, that it's wrong, and that those of us born with ADHD brains are somehow broken, because we're none of those things. And you can help with this too. If you were to uh, like, comment, or even share a link to uh, any one of these episodes, or the entire podcast, uh, just to one person, I'll be a happy little ADHD camper. And I love camping. I do. So thanks for stopping by. Uh, I hope to see you soon. Uh, stay in touch. Get in touch in any way uh, you feel the need. And I look forward to chatting. Until then, peace, love, and heaps of impulsivity. Take care.